You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. I am also recording. Fucking start the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 118th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Matt in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Matt, you're in Minneapolis? This is Spencer in Boston. Hey guys, lots to talk about this week. We have a full agenda, over 35 items, so let's just hit the first 10. It's your Bling Matthews oh, Minute. Don't Bling do that Matthews. 10 times is all I was thinking. <laughs> Bling Matthews has a new contract. Michael Matthews, to the lessers, is signed with Giant Alpecian. He's going to replace John Dagenkolb, who switched over to Trek Sega Fredo. Now, Congratulations, Matt Matthews. Bling to, Matthews. To me, that makes a lot of sense because Degenkolb starting to go a little thin up top. And Alpecian, you know, that doesn't really work well in the sponsorship world. From a hair perspective, it makes sense. From a results and human being perspective, it makes no sense. I you mean, know, from a results perspective, I'm not sure Degan Cole won any stages of the tour. He didn't, that, but he also had a tough year. He also, the yeah, year before, no, won two classics. Uh, so I think he's going to be just saying. Better. I'm just saying. So do you think that this is a... Um, Man, you know, Spencer, that could be a good point. But it's amazing to think that just two years ago they had well, Degan Kolb and Marcel Kittle. Right, and they lost and now, Kittle, and, now and they, they, their hair powered. And now they're yeah. at Michael Matthews, and you're like, ooh, it's kind of a good step backwards. So I think it's now, just more a sign of how short – it just doesn't feel like cycling is very uh, very short memory. Like a guy has a bad season, <laughs> and because of a reason you can cite, and you're like, he'll come back from it. But then they like seem to like not be able to find a team, and somebody has a good season. And everybody freaks out about them, and they they sort of seem to forget the larger arc of their career. Well, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Think you know, the, yeah. Anyway, we are two and a half minutes into the podcast already, and that is two and a half more minutes than we wanted to talk about Bling Matthews. But it does take off the first nine items of our agenda. So let's get into what else is going on in the world, and of course, that is Peter Sagan. On his way to the Olympics, the final day of the Olympics is the mountain bike race where Peter Sagan's going to be there. Now, many of us expected Peter Sagan to be living it up in the Olympic Village, living large, um, taking use of uh, the variety of free swag that they're giving out to all the athletes in the <laughs> village. Mm-hmm. And Peter Sagan, meanwhile, is crushing souls in Wyoming um, at a national ultra endurance race, a 50 miler that he did, and he won by over 21 minutes. And he was on the podium with five gentlemen, sadly no cargo shorts, but one podium baby. So nice. congratulations, Peter Sagan, for coming to beat up on some nice Wyoming folks well, that, on the western part of the U.S. That might be surprising to people who aren't avid listeners of the Slow Ride podcast who theorized last week that he would show up in the U.S. to do some racing. Um, we weren't exactly on the money with where he was going to show up, but... Uh, Let's we just had the say, country right. You heard it here first. We had the country right that Peter Sagan would show up in America and race before <laughs> uh-huh. the Olympics. We were just off by a few time zones. But guys, uh, there was a Vela News article, and I would open up the Vela News article. But sadly, a variety of scripts open up on my computer, and everything gets all shut down. That um, I can't, I can't quickly bring it up. But the question I have for you is, let's say you're out there at the Buck Hill mountain bike race or any local mountain bike hey, race that's out there. I've been um, you know, in uh, Florida upcoming, there's the Spaghetti uh, like 100, which is like a gravel race. Mm-hmm. You're kind of in there, you know, you're kind of doing your thing in the parking lot, you know, changing behind a towel, um, getting ready for the uh, big day. And all of a sudden, a blur comes past you and you're like, wait a second, could that be it? It's actually not a blur. It's a guy just riding a wheelie from his car to the start line. And you look over, and it's Peter Sagan. What do you do? 
Do you A, get his autograph, B, do you grab your cell phone and text your buddies, or C, do you go to the start line and crash him out at the start and say you crashed out Peter Sagan? Oh, I wouldn't do any of those. I would do D, start right behind him. <laughs> you start behind him? Yeah. Best view in you the don't pack. Wanna start, you don't want to start next to, to him because somebody else might get his wheel. No, somebody else might get the wheel. I want to follow that wheel. How long do you think you can hold Peter Sagan's wheel to start in a mountain bike race, Logan? Well, I got a hardtail, so, and he's got all that squishy suspension, so 20 seconds before like he remembers he didn't lock out the rear end. <laughs> I just, I'm impressed that he won by so much time. But anyways, it's really cool that Peter Sagan showed up to a local race like that. What would you do, Spencer, if he showed up to a race? Oh, man. Uh, I'd probably try to touch his hair, and then I'd get arrested. You wouldn't even try to get a Slow Ride podcast drop? Like, hey, this is Peter Sagan. You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Um, I might. I might. I mean, uh... I guess well, we had that opportunity at Richmond and... Yeah, we kind of clammed and, up. <laughs> and none yeah. of us were willing to be the guy that went to talk to him. But instead, I got Ivan Stevik. Um, so, you know, <laughs> pretty solid get. Pretty, pretty yeah. much, uh, you know, equal pairing there. Well, I think it's pretty much an equal pairing with the Slow Ride podcast that our listeners have come to expect, mm-hmm. Yvonne Stevick, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Peter Sagan might be a little out of our uh, pay grade. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, I, quick shout out to the work staff and the kitchen staff at Sluggos in downtown Pensacola, Florida. I just got an email today that, uh, that they listen to the podcast while they're cleaning up because... One of their worker, co-workers actually listens to this garbage, and now he's uh, introducing the world of Sluggos to the Slow Ride podcast. Nice. If any nice. of our listeners ever go to Pensacola, go to the Sluggos. Stephen Hyde um, has told us that he once set up the stage there for a show. So, you know, Stephen Hyde does have a, uh, you know, a connection with, with I, I just talked to Stephen Hyde this weekend about Sluggos. Really? I did. I asked him uh, what he would order off the menu if he was there right now, and I wish... Panhandle plate. That is exactly what he said. Panhandle plate. And uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it it consists of. It's Well, people could probably look it up online. I'm pretty sure it's like a vegan scrambler skillet that you can get from, uh, like, hard times. Here's the thing, Logay. If you ever come down to Florida to come visit me, it's a six... Don't, don't act is. like I've never visited you. I know. You, you, you're okay. a stand-up guy. Spencer right. hasn't come. Uh, I mean, Orlando is pretty awesome. I'd love to have you here in Orlando. But if for some reason you ever find yourself going to New Orleans or something and you want to have a quick little rendezvous, I may be able to squeeze in a drive to get up to Pensacola. It's a pretty cool city. And Sluggos, would, you, you'd be at home there. There's so much vegan opportunity there. Vegan opportunity. Cool. Uh, I mean, it sounds good. Their menu now, looks pretty sweet. Spencer's kind of quiet, so I'm assuming that he's Googling Sluggos right now, and he's probably on their website looking to see if he can see what's on the panhandle plate. But the oh, website I got is like I from GeoCities, so you know, it's a little, uh, exactly it's a little lacking. I actually beat you both to it. It's a nori wrapped and grilled with soy remoulade served with cheesy grits, coleslaw, salad, and cornbread. And it's coleslaw, like... It's plural. It's somebody named Cole Slaw. <laughs> well, there you go. So Sluggos is uh, done. And, you know, for our non-cycling friends, guys, the Olympics is on. And we've had a couple of different people email at us um, and tweet. Nigel, the winner of the Grand Fondo New York prize pack for the um, Velo Games victory, and we're going to be sending out that uh, Grand Fondo uh, New York prize pack with the New Jersey to Nigel all the way over in London – pointed out in his email that synchronized swimming and rhythmic gymnastics are by far the nerdiest sports. Good call. Good call. And then we had um, a couple of tweets for shooting, like the shooting sports being uh, pretty nerdy. And after watching some of the uh, shooting sports, definite nerds there. I don't know if those guys and ladies are the most popular people in the Olympic Village, like the weightlifters. My wife (laughs) has been... So the semester is over, so she's not teaching right now. She's been wrong. watching the the men and uh, women's weightlifting uh-huh. nonstop, and I have to admit, really, it is a pretty captivating sport hmm. um, because it's instant like uh, results, right? Yeah. That you have three you have three chances to put up the snatch, and then three chances to put up the clean and jerk, and mm-hmm. you combine your totals, and then that's what you get. But then there's the gamesmanship of trying to force your 
opponent up a weight at mm-hmm. certain times. Are you it's... sure you weren't just watching a Guy Ritchie movie? Yes, I am pretty uh, sure I was not watching a Guy Ritchie movie. But that's what it sounded like for a minute with all that, all that, <laughs> that language. Oh, like like Snatch and all of those other uh, great movies from Guy Ritchie. Yeah, you know, I just, <laughs> I just have to admit, I just have to say, guys, that the uh, the Olympics has been great. Team um, handball, fantastic sport. More I people should that. be watching it. Did you guys see um, whitewater uh, kayaking? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That came on after the women's road race yesterday, and I I was pretty hooked. I was just about to sit up and leave the room and go outside and ride my bike and said, nope. <laughs> well, so that leads right into, little guy, two amazing Olympic events. Spencer, which Olympic road race do you want to talk <laughs> about first, the men's think, or the women's? I think we should talk about the men's, but I mean, we'll leave it up to Spencer because I think he's he's probably got the most insight. Well... I know the men's race uh, happened first, so yeah. that, that makes so, sense uh, yeah. logically, um, calendar-wise, to talk about that one first. Um, I'm sure it was okay. very exciting. Probably, probably. How, how did you not watch these races? Uh, yeah, Spencer. I was in the woods, and I did not have. What were you doing in internet. the woods? I was riding my bicycle. Okay, that's. I mean, that's pretty good, but. You missed, Tim. Would you say two of the best races you've watched in years? In like years. back to ba- like and back to back, two days in a row watching the same course. Arguably, um, arguably the amazing. greatest one day weekend combined I have seen in a while. I've got to say too. I think I like watching the Olympic road race more than Worlds, which is usually my kind of my second favorite race because I like the weird team dynamics. Mm-hmm. And this was even better because what was the biggest team in the men's race had five riders. Yeah, maybe? this is the, that, the, it was good. No radios, five riders. This may have been the formula for what purists have wanted the tour to be: like yeah. limited teams, zero team radios, which totally came into effect, I believe, in the women's race a little bit more than the men's mm-hmm. race. And neutral and, water bottles that don't quite fit in oh, the pages. <laughs> There is some amazing stuff. So let, let's get into the the men's race. Right, of yeah. course, let's Greg Van Avermaet. Greg, Greg Van Avermaet takes the victory over uh, Jacob Folsang and Rafael Mica. The three of them squeezed away, squirted away on the final climb of the. Uh, well, of, sort of. of. Yeah. Of the the big climb before the descent. Yes, but really, Nibali, and Mica, poor... <laughs> and Hino went over the top with a pretty yeah, yes. big advantage. And Nibali and Hino ended up with a whole bunch of broken bones. Yes. Pel- pelvis for, for Sergio and uh, like a fracture of both collarbones. I've, I've heard two reports. I've heard both or just one for Nibali. But either way, neither of them was getting up. Jesus. Yeah, neither were getting up. And then let's also not forget uh, Richie Port went down. Garrett, was it Garrett Thomas that crashed? Thomas crashed but got back yeah. up. He, cra- Thomas seems to be the only person that crashed on that descent all weekend that stood up afterwards and got back on their bike because everybody else was screwed. So crazy. The, the entire race, what we had is we had individuals that were almost guaranteed to get a metal Spencer, and then they crashed on probably the craziest descent I've ever seen. Now, the descent, the reason it was crazy was that the turns seemed extra sharp on the um, switchbacks and not exactly the widest road. And at the edge of the road were these giant curbs. Um, it's a gutter and then a curb. Yeah, like you got to so, look at this, Spencer. You got to see pictures. It's, <laughs> it's. There was no point of this road because it's through a rainforest where there wasn't at the edge of it like a two foot like just gap where there was a huge gutter and then a big concrete curb that stuck up. So there was a, nowhere you could fuck yeah. up. And not hurt yourself. Like there was no little run out, no little grassy corner you could yeah. you could make a mistake. If you made a mistake, it was game over, and you were hurt. And, and let's not um, forget, little guy, that they went up this climb twice at the yeah, end. The men's race, yeah. And there was the that other circuit that went around Fort Copacabana, I believe, that had yeah. the cobbled climb that and cobbled was descent insane. on the beach. And oh. There was all types of mechanical carnage going on. Oh, my God. It was, that was so intense. Good. So, Spencer, early in the race, the first circuit, there's cobbles. Uh-huh. And it's, like, slightly downhill. And everyone's got 
the, the neutral water bottles. <laughs> yeah, from, I was gonna say from the Olympics. The loose bottles coming to Yeah, play? so it seems like the the neutral water bottles were a little bit smaller than everybody's water bottle cage. I, I'm assuming that the Olympics bought the cheap number two plastic water bottles that you sometimes get at like a uh, real low quality race. They're like, yeah, not even got the you a bottle stopper. Yeah, yeah, and you and you look at it and you're like, this is the kind that's made out of the plastic. You're not supposed to use more than once. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Like like a water bottle you buy at a grocery store, sort of plastic. So bottles were flying everywhere. Guys were freaking out, wanting more water because like the second they hit these cobbles and what like just not very far into the race, the first time they hit this cobbles, the race split apart. Yeah, because it was carnage. People were having mechanicals. Bottles were shooting everywhere. The uh, like uh, Stybar and the rest of his team were on the front trying to split the race like early. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just a good race from start to finish. And then Ivan Stevic made an appearance. Stevic made an appearance, and that was and working paced... for Bauke Maliba. Yeah, he paced. <laughs> he gave Bauke a little uh, little help to get him back to the group after well, McCann. Somebody's somebody's trying to get on the farm team. So, so, he was like, I don't know who that guy was, Spencer. It's <laughs> uh-huh. I would I would put it this at this way at this point. In both the men's and women's race, you would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't watch the final 40K of both when eventually they show up on YouTube. Anyway. Um, it, was, it was that good of a race to yeah. watch. Also, a quick shout-out to um, Ryan Fisher's parents who unknowingly shared their NBC Sports login um, with me. Thanks to Ryan for hooking that up. So I was able to watch <laughs> all types of coverage. Um, I got I got on board about halfway through the race. What was great about going to the NBC Sports app versus the um, the Paul Sherwin Christian Vandeveld every twenty k before um, little guy was telling me because little guy would give like hey what's going on because he's watching the four thousand meter swim or something. I did watch a lot of swimming while I and, watched the race. That's that was the bonus you got if you watched it on TV. I was getting to listen to Rochelle Gil- uh, Gilmore, who provides amazing color commentary. I don't know who the gentleman was that was doing the play-by-play, but on both races, fantastic stuff. Hmm. And, guys, the small teams were exciting. Seeing kits that, you know, I mean, they weren't there that long. You know, yeah. the <laughs> the Puerto Rican kit and all this others. And the Puerto Rican, by the way, um, Brian Babylonia there's a story on him on Valo News, definitely worth reading. He yeah. showed up to the start line three hours before the start. Suck he had a in. five he had a five year old BMC bike. He had unbranded carbon wheels, and he got third at the Puerto Rican national championships, but then won like their qualifying race. And so he went to the Olympics. It was really cool. His goal was to just finish. Sadly he did not. Um, of the race hard. itself, something only like sixty seven uh, or sixty three uh, racers finished. Last place was Alessandro DeMarchi, uh, Michael Kiwakowski, who was in the morning um, or was in the break earlier in the yeah. day. And did a ton of work. Um, he and he, he sat up from the break. Down. He sat up from the break to to get caught by Micah so he could do work for Micah before help Micah bridge across. Before the uh, before the incident where Micah yeah. only got third. It should be um, noted 16th place to USA, 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 Brent Brookwalter, Bookwalter killed it. He actually was participating in the race. It was pretty awesome to see him. He was in the, uh, Chris Froome group, Danny Martin group for a while there. Um, he comes across the line in 16th place sprinting for the win out of his group over Bauke Malima and, uh, Frank Schleck among others. So, so- Wait, Spencer, Matthew. Since you didn't watch it, when you saw that Greg Van Aramount had won over two GC guys, were you confused? Because everyone's been talking about this race as like it was going to all be the climbers. It was all going to yeah. be the GC guys, and it mostly was. But then you look at the result, yeah. and you got a classics rider at the front. I was a little bit, uh, but also not. I mean, he wouldn't have been in my top five. Like if you asked me who I thought would be in the top yeah, five but wouldn't mine either but after like i saw the result i was like you know what at the end of the day this is a one-day race and he's really good at those and on top of that he's been climbing really well this year yeah it's true now what's what's crazy is that we're having this conversation about gva when he wasn't going to win the race because of the descent and what happened in nabali and well um, but that's the thing both days is that that you had to you couldn't be 
like so descending fast wasn't all of it. You had to not fall. Yes, you know, and that's that very the main important. thing. And I, GVA was in the second group on the road when they came down. There was a large group that came down behind Micah, and he, him and Fuslang just made the jump. But So I think we should then use that little guy as the pivot into the women's race, yeah. which was amazing and reinforces the idea that many that we've talked about on here, besides not just the small teams, lack of radios, but the shorter races. I think shorter races can provide an equally amazing uh, race experience for fans. Um, yeah. the, the race time for the women came in at just under four hours. It was a little bit uh, less in full distance, but you know, it, they only it did was a fantastic race. Once. They only did the last circuit once. That is correct. But Emma Johansson takes second place. Elisa Longo in uh, third, but the winner was Anna Vanderbregen of the Netherlands. But the big story for us, and I think most people watching, was the, uh, the crazy crash at the end that took away the gold medal um, for uh, um, Van Vluten, uh, Animaic Van Vluten of the Netherlands. And the resulting fact that Mara Abbott, who had been dropped on the climb by um, Van Vluten, was... 150 meters away from taking a medal at the Olympic road race caught in the final stretch. And I have to admit that yelling at the TV was happening in my house for Mara Abbott to come across the line. Um, I thought she was going to make it for a while. I really, I I thought there was a chance and Spencer, it is probably one of the most tragic. I know you're not the most patriotic guy in the room, but man, (laughs) it was one of those tragic moments that you're sitting here cheering for someone who universally I think people agree, deserved to be on that team because of her climbing prowess. Yeah. And she put down a gauntlet on that climb, Spencer. Oh, my God. She did that, so much work on that climb. It was, and, and basically, that, she got a little bit distance on the climb, but she basically got dropped on the descent. She got dropped on the descent, but... But look at this she played it safe, yeah. She played it safe. And I think that that is an important um, item to remember because Nabali is a great descender, and he crashed, right? Yeah. And Mara Abbott was definitely taking her time on some of those uh, those tight turns. And these turns, like the apexes, just didn't make sense for what you were used to. And, and it rained. Man, it was starting to drizzle yeah. a little. Was Mara Abbott played players. it correctly. Because uh, Brazil, Rio, and all that is in the southern hemisphere, so like physics yeah. works a little differently than it does in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. Well, the turns are all backwards. So, like, yeah. if it was a that's right-hand turn there, the, that would be that's a left-hand turn. That's why they're racing on there. the velodrome. So do you think if uh, if these guys would have gone down a few weeks earlier, kind of like uh, adjusting to altitude, they just needed more time to really get used to, <laughs> um, you know, the physics. How, yeah, yeah. The circular yeah. So, motion, the, like, the reverse. Like, this, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Earth spins the other direction on that hemisphere, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm going to have to consult Wikipedia on that. But. Okay. So Mara Abbott puts together a hell of a performance, Spencer. You must see. Now, I did see the last Van... 30 seconds of that race okay, where she it's... is drilling oh. it and trying you to stand wa- up and continue you, to sprint. You have to watch, like, with the descent. you got to watch now, the climb. I will. Now, I will. The I'll climb. get there. Because she rips it apart on that climb. She but, just so, yeah. destroys it... everyone. She's got... And it's painful because she had the two Dutch riders on the ropes a lot of times, and you're always like, one more, one more kick out of the saddle, and you've got them. And then yeah. they just well, hung this on. is and little guy. I think this is when we need to go back to Anemiek Van Vluten. Um, yeah, that she she did. She was the one that really broke that group apart with Mara Abbott. Mara Abbott was on the front drilling it, and then Van Vluten attacked, and Mara Abbott was the diesel that got back to her. Whereas Van Vluten had separated from the other two chasers that were in her group. She was riding the race of her life in probably one of the most tragic crashes I've ever seen. I don't care to ever see it again. No, um, that's not and anymore. the good news is that she uh, – the, the reports that she will be out of the hospital soon. She does have three spinal fractures. Um, and you know the rest of the team was great. Couple of noteworthy items: um, Liz Armistat, who somehow was still allowed to start despite three missed drug tests, um, even though one was thrown out by CAS. But I, the more I think about this, the more it's ridiculous that she was not able to be found. Anyway, she takes fifth place, but seventh place, Flavia Oliveira, Oliveira uh-huh. of um, Brazil, and probably one of the coolest kits around, did in a seventh place 
Great result for the home country. 16th place is, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, except Olga Z of Russia takes uh, 16th place. Of the Americans, 11th place, Megan Garnier, who did get gapped on the climb. Evelyn Stevens was the longest um, American to stay with Mara Abbott. She did get uh, dropped about halfway up the final climb. Megan Garnier uh, was, was suffering at the foot. It was just a little bit too steep. Now, of note, Kristen Armstrong did not finish in the race. She however, did a lot of work, though. However, she did a lot of work. And I think that, you know, there there was a lot of Twitter, in the Twitter sphere, people talking about, like, oh, Kristen Armstrong, for those that questioned her ability in the road race and all that. And I was like, you know, I don't I don't remember questioning Kristen Armstrong's ability in the road race. She She put in a hell of an effort, and she does deserve a lot of credit for the Americans, and it's okay that she didn't finish considering the work that she put in. That's not the question to me. I still think that Carmen Small may have been a better choice for the time trial, and that's where my uh, disagreement is with that school of thought. But Chris Armstrong, fantastic job in the uh, in the road race for Team America. The four of them put in a hell of an effort, and they have a lot to be proud of. They do. Yeah, it was close, man. And that was, was some so awesome bike racing. It... it Lack of radios was cool. Neutral feeds. They had the chalkboard. They actually had to read the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. Now, the question is, little guy, because Spencer, you didn't watch, a lot of people questioning the safety of that descent. What do you think? I think it was fine. I don't think the descent, the actual descent, was any different than any other road. It was just the gutter. And what are you going to do? You can't. I think they just need to people go slower. Were, I like, heard people, yeah, I heard people being like, oh, you could fill in the gutter with, like, with uh, hay bales and stuff. Like, you're going to, like... Like a 10k descent. Well, what if it rains? Sides. Well, that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. if it rains, I, okay. I mean, I don't think there's anything you do. I think one, the riders knew the risk. No one had been complaining about the gutters, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just part of racing. It is part of racing. It so, sucks though. I mean, it, there were some scary crashes. I'm glad no one got more. Hurt. Now, next on the Olympics, we have track racing starting up. Mountain bikes last uh, day, and then BMX will be on the calendar. Um, on the 17th of August, so still about a week away. So still a lot of fun stuff happening in the Olympics, and uh, you can always go get your team handball on as well. And, gentlemen, (laughs) the final uh, race that I do believe that we need to talk about is the Tour of Utah, and the only reason why is Lachlan Morton takes the victory for Jelly Belly, Adrian Costa in second, but third place, Andrew Talansky, which... I knew you were going to be excited about that. Wait, wait, wait. The soundboard is not on, guys. I know Team Utah, but Eric Jorgensen, longtime listener of the Slow Ride Podcast, tweets us and says, if you need about 20 minutes for the pod, this is like an underhanded pitch, and it's a link to a cycling news article that was just published. Okay. Talansky 2.0, ready to lead Cannondale at Vuelta de España. Yeah. This week, showed I'm on track, the American says, after winning a stage and finishing third overall at the Tour of Utah. Is Andrew Talansky the next Chris Horner and winning the Vuelta a España. Spencer. No. <laughs> Who is going to win the Vuelta? Anyone no. else. Probably Chris <laughs> Froome. <laughs> I think Contador is going to be mad. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't he's got he's got to he's got to sell that uh, big Trek farm paycheck. Got to Got to get the contract up there. You know, he's got to compete with Degenkov now and potentially uh, Ivan Stevic. Ivan <laughs> well, Stevic, indeed. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing the official start list, start list for the Volta because cause it'll, it'll be kind of be a crapshoot of who's who's showing up. Yeah. Hey, guys, let's talk more about Tolansky and what else he's got to do for the future of cycling because Andrew Tolansky in the Tour of Utah is the greatest thing ever to happen in the history of USA gonna, Cycling. I'm just going to keep letting you go. Like, keep, keep, I don't see really? how long you can keep this up, Tim. I bet. I, guys, Gar- I'm recycling I a lot here. So can we the just... Cannondale team is actually like, man, how come we let we let that guy who won get off our team? Uh, we should have we kept I, him on the team. Point, yeah, like, we just stuck with this dude from Florida. Hey, can we just go to the preem lap? Because, at this point, yeah, wait, I'm just torturing I, I, I want to hurry listeners. up and get to Dan from Nam at the Olympics. We didn't even mention uh, Oh, hey! Hey, it's the free. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is Stephen Hyde of Cannondale CyclocrossWorld.com. You are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? Yeah.
What do we got this week, Spencer? Uh, this week, uh, Prem Lap, of course, brought to us by our fabulous listeners and supporters at the Wide Angle Podium Network. Um, the network is growing all the time, and that is fantastic to see. Uh, so we want to thank you guys for your support. Um, part of that support is bringing you this podcast, is bringing you Crosshairs Radio podcast, is bringing you all the other podcasts on the network, and brand new podcast to the network. That's brand right. new. Podcast. That's right. What is it? We are da, adding da, da, da. Uh, to the Wide Angle Podium. We're welcoming this week the Consummate Athlete Podcast, um, which tell me if more. You haven't heard about it? I haven't. Is a podcast from uh, Molly Herford and uh, Peter Glassford. Uh, Peter is a professional mountain bike racer in Canada. Molly is a writer for a bicycling magazine, among uh, many other things. Author of uh, Saddle Sore, uh, book for Lady Bits and Cycling. Um, and what they do is they talk to athletes, endurance athletes, all kinds of athletes that do multiple sports and, uh, how they balance their adventure filled lives. Um, which I think probably a lot of our listeners can relate to. Um, you know, I don't, I think we all like cycling, but, uh, we're probably all not, uh, one trick ponies or else we'd be in the tour de France as well. Well, I'm excited for this uh, new podcast on the Slow Rides. That's now five podcasts on the network. And um, I did uh, do a little tweet uh, investigation. I called up uh, – I tweeted up my buddy. Tweet investigation? I actually texted him because he blocked me on Twitter, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Adam Meyerson said Sounds he's like going to be coming back pretty soon here um, on the Wide Angle Podium Network uh, mm-hmm. with some brand new episodes. Excited about that. And new Crosshairs video uh, podcast and the Honest Bicycle Program. That's five high-quality podcasts now on the Slow Ride Podcast Network. Kids don't follow. And the Consummate the consummate Athlete or the Considerable Athlete? The Consummate Athlete Podcast. No, nice. no, the Considerable Athlete is the new one that I've been shopping to Spencer, but he keeps turning <laughs> me down. Uh-huh. I, I, Dude, come on. <laughs> Let it in. Pitch me. Give me, <laughs> give me your elevator pitch right now for the uh, Considerable Athlete. I don't even know. Well, you better get it's it about, a little bit. It's about a considerable quantity of athletes. Okay. I'm listening. Like, um, I'm one of them. Okay. You're another one. Is it, What's the niche? What, what, what's your, <laughs> who's your target market? Athletes that are considerate. Okay. Like, oh, the, so, like, my, like, so it's so the wait, kind of person wait, wait, wait. that would say on your left. So it's the considerable athlete, but the play on yeah. words is that you're a considerate. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's like a multi. So it's like a sort of uh, uh, manners-based cycling podcast. Yeah, it's basically just my Greenway stories, but but um, told from the perspective of the person who was doing the right now, thing and watched the bad okay. thing happen. All I right. don't know what elevator we're in. Perhaps we're in the elevator at old uh, 510 North 3rd Street or whatever. But yeah, um, It's a slow man, elevator. That was a really oh. slow elevator pitch. Right. So well, I'm excited the, for the new the uh, podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll just, uh, if, if people tweet the Slow Ride podcast enough uh, saying they want to hear the considerable athlete, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll do force it. Little Guy to make it into a bonus episode. Well, I'm excited for the consummate athlete. Uh, welcome to the uh, club, Molly and Peter. We're excited to have you on board. And we'd also like to thank each and every one of the supporters of the podcast network that are actually donating money. It's really awesome. So thanks, guys. Yes, I know I know it's your hard-earned money. All right. Well, you maybe it's not. Maybe the... you're just selling drugs on the side, and it's like freaking easy work. Either way, thanks. And you want to get back to the? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get back to the show because okay. there's one thing we do need to talk about. What's that? For fuck's sake, kid! This is Adam fucking Myerson, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Dan from Nam. He was all over the internet. Did you guys see this? Dan from Nam. Uh, Gave his uh, Twitter password to his uh, his significant other, his better half, and she was busy tweeting while he was in the middle of the race. Pretty brilliant idea, and all types of retweets and uh, coverage. The Guardian ran a little story. Uh, Twitter had a little uh, uh, story about him on the Twitter moments, 
Dan from Nam and his beard tweeting in the middle of the Olympic race. Pretty awesome. He was tweeting a lot about something called a rusk. And I was like, what's a rusk? Do you know what a rusk is, little guy? It's kind of right up your alley. I don't. Well, a rusk is kind of like rabbit food in that it is a dry biscuit that is popular in Namibia that maybe you dip into coffee. Ah, sounds pretty good. I want a is rusk. It, so it's like a busk. Uh, R-U-S-K? Yeah. R-U-S-K. That's the, oh, yeah. that's the spelling. Is, so It's a hard, dry biscuit or a twice-baked bread, sometimes used as a baby teasing food. Oh, yeah. Hogan used to make those all the time. Yeah, the uh, Hogan's he, biscuit specialty. Yeah, so maybe he, uh, he just called him. He just called him day olds. But now Dan know. from Nam had a, a couple of great tweets. Go back in his timeline. Uh, you can see you know, uh, some of his stories. A on smart, the, uh, a the smart podcast, an intelligent podcast, a forward-thinking podcast might invest a little bit in SEO right now. You know, if they had just interviewed. Dan from Nam, maybe the most popular cyclist uh, to do with the uh, Olympics right now. We have done none of that. So hopefully yeah. people's Google fingers are working and maybe they're finding the Slowride podcast, Dan from Nam episode. It's episode 109 in case you haven't heard it yet for some reason. So I am now um, Googling Dan Craven and the third one down is Daniel Craven, convicted killer, gets life for slaying rival in 2011. Ah, so, that was at um, the uh, Tour to Yorkshire 2011. He slayed it. That's right. So Dan Craven, not we're not even slow ride podcast, not even in the first two pages of the um, well. Of the then that's so good. We're gonna have to work on that, and uh, that leads to um, on the Twitter sphere. Grand Fondo New York was tweeting with Dan Craven guys, and they had mentioned this possibility that the slow ride podcast shows up to Cosmel just for the. The fact that we get to hang out with Dan for Dan Craven and then um, his teammate from the uh, the Bike Geek Squad, and so uh, the question I have for you is the Fondo in in Cozumel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that I have what it takes to hang out with a professional cyclist and not get um, like a restraining order? Like I, I don't know. Oh, okay. the... I wasn't sure mm. if you were going to say on the bike or just yeah. around the cafe kind of area. Oh, it's definitely not going to happen around the cafe, right? Like, well, because Meyerson's unfriended you, right? So he's a former. pro. Well, he like unfriended everybody. But he's a former pro, so you're already you're already having trouble. Yeah, shaky yeah. ground, shaky ground. So yeah, so. And I mean, stories have to be getting around the peloton by now. I'm thinking like the secret pro will probably be talking about you in the next cycling tips episode or. Uh, like I just don't want to because here's here's the thing. Luis Lemus, the uh, Mexican national champion, Olympian, mm -hmm. has won the GFNY Cosmel race before, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He last year was on Airgas Safeway. <gasps> Six with, degrees of Chris Horner. With Chris Horner. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to, like, you know, play some ball here. And then maybe Dude. it's worth going out there. And then you got Dan Craven. And now you're like, oh, this could be, like, an amazing, amazing opportunity. But. You know, like, if we go to the club, like, and we say, like, hey, we're on the list, do you think they'll let us in? Oh, yeah. Probably. That's all you need to say. There's, okay. yeah. there, it's a little-known secret that there is no list, and that if you just say you're on it, you're good to go. Yeah, really? the, the person yeah. at the door is too worried that they didn't get the list. They just, right. it's safer to let everybody in. I mean, how do you think we got into a press passes at uh, Richmond Worlds, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I still wonder how we got those press passes. So, um, in other news, we did get a great question from Paul Buchanan, longtime supporter of the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, guys, your show is uh, one of the highlights of my week. Um, you know, he, he's living out in uh, uh, Seattle now, working for Slinging Bike Racks for Darrow okay. Bike Rack Company. And he says, for a question, one that I've had, my, had on my mind for some time now, many listeners of the show have partners that haven't made the poor decision to make a living in the bike industry. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we ride bikes with our partners who haven't made such a poor life decision. Mm -hmm. And we see a sweet custom ride. How can we compliment someone riding a sweet, lugged, decoupled Ty Rodriguez as we ride by or park our bikes at the rack without bugging our partners? In short, how do you compliment someone's ride when uh, you're on a uh, maybe a little sport date? With your uh, significant other, I think you just you gotta bug your significant other. It's more important to show the common bicycle love. I think. 
Really? Like, so even if your significant other isn't so into bikes? But I mean, you're into bikes and like, they supposedly like you, so they should probably accept the fact that you're going to get excited when you see a bike. Oh, okay. So, all right. So you're just like, oh my God, that bike's amazing. You should totally get one. Why do you, you don't have to tell them to get one. You could just get excited about it and so, say, look wait, at that. It's a cool bike. Hang on. So this is uh, the scenario where you're out with your significant other riding around going to the going to the local cafe or bar or whatever. And, going to the club. And, yeah, going to the club. You got your club outfit on. We always on. go to the club. We go to the club all the time you're on the just, Slow Ride Get with a little guy. You're, you're riding the, the, the bar bike, right? Not yeah. Nothing impressive. And you come up upon somebody with, uh, like, a mint mid-'80s uh, Razine with Campy C record, and mm-hmm. you're just like about it. to lose your shit, mm-hmm. but you're afraid. You... Is the fear here that your significant other is going to be jealous of your excitement for the other person? For the person or for the bicycle or for a little of both? I don't care about the person. Probably a little of both. Pref- preferably, I'd like the person to just disappear, and then the bike's just there all by itself, and I'm like, well, I guess I should take And it has to be a 54. <laughs> oh, look at that. I'm going to get the tape out, and it looks good. I mean, yeah. this is coming from a guy who, like, whenever I'm out with Caitlin and I see an old car, I have to go over and see if it's a stick shift or not. <laughs> yeah. You know? You do do that. So... Do you just knock on the window and ask, like, if no, someone's well, in there? No, I mean, I just kind of peek. And especially, like, it's a parked car. I've still got to go over and look at it. And she's like, this is boring. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know you, you don't care as much as I do, but we got to go stare at this thing for a while. Get up close at it. I mean... Deep down inside, you you kind of know it's boring too. But you... do you think that's bugging Caitlin though when you do that? I mean, maybe a little, but I mean, but she's just accepted it at this point. Yeah, that's what that's what <laughs> that's love, man. That's <laughs> that's love. Yes, it is. All right. Well, I I guess I'm one of these. Uh, I just I just stuff it down deep down inside. I don't talk about the bike. Well, I was thinking maybe you guys would never get to that point because you'd already like bumped into Sarah, and so she was like on the way to the hospital already mm. yeah more than likely like when i'm looking over my shoulder and i accidentally steer into her is what yeah. i'm doing like i don't i don't know how far into so, the ride you're seeing this other cool bike but if it's like so not let's, too long into it you maybe you've already crashed her so let's put it to the next point how do you compliment someone on their bike without making it really awkward or where they're like totally freaked out by you like like you're not hitting on them or you're not like wanting to be best friends with them but you're just like hey Sweet Colnago with the crimp tubes. Just say that. I think you got you nailed sounds, it. Sounds like a good start. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, they got to know do... they're riding a Colnago with that Gilco tubing. Come on, you got to expect compliments. Yeah. All right. I mean, or if it's like, I've... if it's a, go ahead. <laughs> Let's try for one more. Okay. Wait. One, two, three. Okay. Oh, he didn't do wait. it. No, 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 I'm good. No, 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 Go no. ahead, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, go ahead. Uh, I, I kind of forgot what my point was, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I've been complimented on my bike before by random randos, randos, randoneers. No, uh, random people. Uh, Not a randoneer? No, well, maybe, but I some, don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's nice to hear, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't, I mean, less... Hmm. I'm more concerned about what what to do when you're complimented on your bike. Like, how do you respond to that? Like, yeah, I know I put it together, you know? Like, Oh, people compliment me on the moots all the time, and I'm like, hey, thanks. Here's my business card. Thanks. Let me I'm, know when I'm you need a dental. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you need a dental checkup. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Well, I mean, I, it's, I think it's good to talk to other people with bikes, because like, that's how I met the moose poop guy. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's all the rage among our uh, our, our listeners on the Twitter sphere, uh, little guy. So, he, he his hit his hits uh, on the stat counter are going to probably be going through the roof. Yeah, it's not going to know what yeah. happened. That's um, good. But yeah, I I uh, I kind of am in Tim's camp. I usually just keep my comments to myself. You guys are weirdos, man. I just like go over and get down and get close and like look at it and then i ask the person like so how come you got shimano down tube shifters but you got sun two derailers like what happened like what's <laughs> give me the backstory here did you just make that stupid decision all yourself or do you have like an excuse <laughs> so you just chose those oh okay so you're stupid all right and then i leave i've okay. more more often than uh having anything with complimenting i've been at a bike rack 
and I've been making fun of a bike at the bike rack, and then that person walks off to unlock their bike, and then I'm the biggest asshole in the world. Yeah. That's happened much more than any sort of um Are you just awkward... So hang on. Are you just at the bike rack talking out loud to yourself like Oh my God! Who put that stem on the bike? Oh no, Jesus no, I'm, God! No, no, it's I'm awful. telling Caitlin these things. She doesn't oh. care, but I'm telling her. I'm like, look at this. Are, are you kidding me? Medolo bars on a nitto stem? I mean, who would? I mean, what? What kind of person? And the, uh-huh. that person walks up, and they're like, what are, no, that kind of person. And, I see. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just a total, I'm a total jerk. Is what I am. Mm. And I'll, yeah. and it, you know what? I have Medolo bars on a nitto stem, so. I'm, I'm just a hypocrite when it comes down to it. <laughs> You're a jerk and a hypocrite. That's terrible. <laughs> hey, what are you guys thinking of uh, Taylor Finney's mustache at the I Olympics? I like it. I like it. Did you see his quote on Bella News, man? He's like, he's so like spaced out, and every every time I see Taylor Finney, he's getting more psychedelic. Either whether it's the mustache, it's the painting, or it's the quote. His quote was like, "We've trained a lot for this space and to get to this spot in space time." FaceTime like, is actually there. I just love yeah. Taylor Finney. He's just getting like in the Olympic Village or in whatever capsule pod he lives in to train for altitude. Like just getting deep into like the Star Trek Next Generation or something. Like what's going on? Oh, I hope so. Hey, hope um, so. Elliot I mean, Caldwell. Sure he, he brought that. He brought that mustache. We all know. We've heard stories about the Olympic Village. And you know that mustache has got to be going over pretty well in the Olympic Village. <laughs> yeah. It's scaring I mean, everybody away. I mean, that's... I'm, I'm worried he's going to be too tired when Wednesday comes around. Right. I think like, if he doesn't have a good result in the time show, I think we're going to know well, why. Well, you're going you're gonna to have to see which synchronized swimming teams aren't up to snuff. <laughs> <laughs> the whole synchronized swimming team. Oh, man. Well, we don't know what happened to the synchronized swimming team of the Netherlands, but, man, are they just not on yeah, point. Just, yeah. They can barely tread water. So um, (laughs) Elliot Caldwell of the Kids Don't Follow podcast, guys, did hit us up. He said, hey, you aren't wrong. The Jonathan Page was on a Harley-Davidson team, but it was Batley Harley-Davidson out of the D.C. area, not the Harley-Davidson out of the the gateway. My suspicion was that you were wrong when you said that, but I wasn't 100%. Yeah, well. How do you guys feel about... uh, Gateway Harley-Davidson is a much cooler team anyway. It is. It, well, Batley Harley-Davidson, they were fighting Garbage. after the Nature Valley Grand Prix. Remember that? Remember the fight that was yeah, happening in the parking fight. lot? That's right. Yeah, much better team. Hey, Mara <laughs> Abbott once won the Stillwater Criterium, mm-hmm. and there she was almost winning a gold medal. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, Global Cycling Network all over Twitter with this uh, don't ri- hashtag don't ride by, say hi. Um, and shout out to all of our listeners, including Nate Ryan, 14 um, and many others that were like, hey, guys, look, the waving to everybody is, is uh, picking up all over the internet with the Global Cycling Network also jumping in on the um, the excitement. Yep. That's cool. Very good to see. Yeah. They got those sweet videos where they have somebody descend a mountain on like a new bike, and then they have somebody do it on a ProFlex, and they compare. <laughs> it was fun to watch. Um, <laughs> last week... Uh, um, we talked about podium horses with the equestrian at the Olympic. Mm-hmm. Gordon Watt did um, hit us up with a uh, tweet about Nikki Herpstra, uh, Nikki Terpstra getting a podium horse um, at Dwarves de Vlaanderen in 2014. There's a pretty sweet picture. Um, we will retweet that. What? So, Wait, is that a what horse happened? Or is they it gave a him a horse? It's like a podium horse. Maybe it's a donkey. It's on wheels, though. It's like one of those things little kids uh, can ride around. So we're just going to retweet that from uh, Gordon Watts at Morning Glass. Thanks for your support uh, with tweeting us about a podium, as close to a podium horse as you can get. Did you guys know that in the Olympics, the horses in the Olympics have to have their own passport? What? <laughs> I didn't. But That's how they travel. Sense. They probably got to have their shop. They're considered equipment, which is really weird. Wait, how can they Wait. be both equipment and need a passport? And yeah, and need a passport. That's crazy. I don't have to like, need to get have a their passport shots. for my bag. Well, but I think if you traveled with your horse or um, you know, <laughs> well, cat, yeah, you might need to have some documentation. Horse. We, just, we, we just stated that. It's a circular argument. Hey, little guy, we got anything in Klein Corner this week? Um, just drop these bombs and then change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you this. I found, so riding home today on my Klein, I found $2. Uh, 
on the uh, Lake Street Bridge. So that okay. brings my my total for this year up to twenty six dollars found on the street while riding around. You find two separate dollars or two dollars in one spot? Two dollars together, like folded up together. But did I tell you guys about how I found twenty two dollars like a couple weeks ago? Did I tell you this? No. I was riding home up Oakland from I was like on forty six or something. Riding up Oakland. So on like forty second I come through the intersection. I look over. There's a parked car. There's two hawks on a parked car, like five feet from me. So we just stare at each other for a while. So I have this magical moment where I commune with nature. And these hawks, we just stare at each other. They're so close. They fly away. I'm like, holy shit, that was crazy. I ride away. I ride two more blocks north. I'm cruising. Same hawk? No. I look uh, down. that would be a considerable no, athlete of a I, hawk. I ride, I ride two more blocks <laughs> up, and then I see something on the ground. I'm on the cruiser. Skid. Do a big cool skid. Turn around, twenty two bucks. Nice. Whoa! So you yeah. had uh, a hawk eye there, little guy. I did that. have oh. a hawk eye. So I yeah, wish my I... soundboard was up, Spencer, because that was worth like ten yeah. points. That was good. So yeah, I've uh, I've had a lot of luck finding money this this and last year. Well, if you're you're getting pretty close to half an entry fee for a cyclocross race. Well, yeah. so last year I found forty bucks. That Total? was pretty crazy. Or I once. No, at once on Fifth Avenue, like uh, between uh, the Greenway and Lake Street. So, you know, it was some prostitute or drug dealer's money. Yeah. But it was blowing in the wind. I grabbed it and I rode away really fast because I was worried somebody's going to be chasing me down for it. Nice. <laughs> so, my favorite, like, we haven't had any good reviews on uh, iTunes lately, guys. Well, I think but, that's because you've been blowing through the outros lately and not telling people, not yeah. reminding people that they can yeah, uh, retweet, leave reviews. Leave reviews, um, rate us. Um, we're falling down in the rankings. Uh, pretty sure I, Fat Bike Radio is beating yeah, us. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm a little now, worried about the Fat Bike Radio situation. Now, the uh, what I do want to say is the Twitter community has been taking off. We're getting all types of uh, great comments and uh, tweets from people, uh, we have over almost 1,300 listeners, um, and they're actually people that are or 1,300 followers, but a fair amount of them actually listen to the podcast. Now, last week, uh, we did see the... Uh, <laughs> no, I posted why a, would you follow us but not listen to the podcast? Uh, you know, I think it's just the, the, the rye humor, um, uh-huh. little guy. I, people were... Uh, I tweeted a, a photo of what should be our mobile podcast studio um, in mm-hmm. Scotland. Now, little guy, this is a six-wheeled truck... It mm-hmm. looks like almost one of those little. Uh, um, it looks mini... like a, it looks like a Pope mobile. Yeah, it looks like a Pope mobile. Pretty amazing. You're gonna have to find little guy. You're gonna have to find your login to Twitter. Um, okay. I look for I, that. I, and then y'all take a look. But posted a photo, and then Matt Spence at Peak sixty seven says, "Very nice. This vehicle should also be on the Slow Ride Podcast Mississippi River Barge as part of the attack on the U.S. crit circuit." I like it. And that may be my. Um, that is definitely going to be what I'm saving up in my 401k for. So the barge will will definitely be happening. Um, Cross Shark, the one-time uh, ska host of the uh, Kids Don't Follow podcast, his wife surprised him with a full Dan from Nam Namibia kit, which was pretty awesome. And what's best part about it, Kevin is going full cosplay because he's got one hell of a beard right now that is up there with uh, what we're seeing he, from Dan from he Nam. He could at the be Olympics. the Dan from Nam stunt double at this point. Yeah. It is uncanny. It, it is pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. I I also went to the uh, the Verge store and got myself a, a, a Namibian champion jersey. I didn't get the bibs as well, uh, but I'm, I, after seeing that photo, I might have to. Didn't get the bibs, man. You're gonna be that guy. You gonna wear them with some like CSC bibs or something, just to like really clash it up. Nah, just plain black. You know the the bibs. I think it can work with black, but the camo yeah, yeah. on the on the the ribbon of the bibs is pretty awesome. I end. know, I know. After seeing them on somebody and not just on a photo on the internet, uh, I might have to revisit my choices. Yeah. Speaking of kits, at Joe knows Pete. Joe Peterson says, "Seriously, do we try to win the ugliest national kid award every Olympics?" And yeah. it was a picture of the USA national team. Um, Spencer, I know you have feelings on this. Uh, what is your uh, view on the kit of the USA? I thought it like I like the black shorts with the block yes. USA on it. That yep. is is ten points out of ten in my book. The actual jersey itself, not great. 
but not terrible. Like the, the big striping is kind of a throwback style. I like it. What ruins it for me is just the big weird USA across the front with the, like the 3d to it and everything. Like it's just very, uh, uh, you know, Microsoft paint style, like word perfect era, um, you know, flyer graphic font you now when like you the... say word perfect are you talking about the word perfect team no, and their amazing would, floppy disk that would kit? be a good kit that would be yeah. a good kit. no they, do you they feel could like have blues, rehashed that kit i think i think if they dark? took the us usa off that kit would have been really pretty good yeah i think a lot of the national kits if they just were the colors and they took yeah. away it would it would they would improve yeah, a lot of them would. I but I feel. Do you guys feel like the USA the blue is d- too dark? Like for me, I keep getting it confused with like the like the Great Britain team has kind of it just from a oh, distance you see them and you're kind of like which is wit. I feel like the American blue needs to pop a little more. I think you know what I think the uh, if the, you did take the USA off, uh, this kit would actually look a lot like uh, Stebar's national championship kits. Mm-hmm. You know they've got that kind of color yeah. scheme going. It- it is a good-looking kit. So N- Namibia by far wins the best kit with Denmark. Denmark, yeah. hands down. Denmark, Denmark was, was number one for sure. Namibia oh. was real, real good, but they did not beat Denmark. There's some pretty ugly kits, but the Namibia one is good. Yeah, the Denmark. One I don't. Is I don't think awesome. I could tell Dan that to his face. But well, when we're hanging out with him in the close. VIP section of the club in Casamel, um, we can tell him. Okay. Well, wait now, until he's had a few. Now, Spencer, we're getting to the end of the podcast, and um, I believe a week ago, two weeks ago, when uh, you wrote, or two weeks ago, you wrote the paragraphs for us to uh, Indeed, uh, yeah. read, kind I of remember. a sad moment. I remember that well. Yeah, and it's it's going to show up on every episode, I'm sure, but you know, I think that what we need to, um, at this point, your comeuppance um, is coming. And I've been saving this tweet to be read. Um, this is from Gavin Adkins, at Gavin Adkins says... Ace Ride Pod, it's Jesper Hansen to Astana from Tinkoff, not Adam Hansen to Astana mm. from uh, Lotto. And you were the one that reported that Adam Hansen was transferring teams you to know, Astana. So, Spencer. You know, our, our podcast is not always known for accuracy so much as it is, as it is known for um, wild abandon uh, as far as rumors are concerned. But I'm glad that you bring this up, Tim. Because I did say Oscar Gatto, Hansen, and uh, the other guy, <laughs> or <laughs> Moser, were going to Astana. And little guy said, Adam Hansen? And Tim <laughs> Hayes said, yes, Adam Hansen, and continued on blazing fast. We and had I had a long discussion about it. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I uh, did sorry, not Spencer. I did not correct you because I actually didn't read the article, just the headline. <laughs> but oh, man. but the record will show that I was not the one that claimed it was Adam Hansen. I only said the last name. Uh, okay, well. <laughs> so um, I I got one thing, I one thing you guys are going to like. I just okay. I don't remember what I searched for, but I found this thing on the Guardian. It's an article from August 14th, 2012. It's titled Top Six Cycling Team Jerseys Not to Wear. Okay. And you guys will like this. Wait, do you want one, us to guess them? One is going to be Costa yeah, Rama. Yeah. No. Oh, is no, this no, like no. current? Is it current teams no, in 2012? It's 2012 current. They, here's, okay. the, here's the, and under the tagline, it says, Replica kits are big business, and people okay. like to ride in the same jerseys as do- their heroes. But what if they turn out to be villains? Okay, okay. Astana, Discovery Channel, U.S. No. Postal. All right, you got Astana. You got that. Okay. okay. No, well, I just nope. let him let him pick his top three, and then okay. I'll be my top. Right. Are those so, your top three choices, Tim? Sure. Okay. Uh, I don't have mine yet, so let's. Okay. BMC is BMC on there? No. Oh, come on. I'm gonna Villains. say. I'm gonna say. Villains. I'm gonna say Phonak. Yep. Nailed I'm gonna it. say. Astana was in there too. So. Postal's not in there. Postal's not in here. You got to think. 2012 should hadn't hit the fan yet. Yeah. Uh, Liberty Seguros. No, that would be like too deep. T-Mobile's got to be on there. T-Mobile's on ah, there. T-Mobile, that's a good one. Now, think oh, about that's, a, that's just think, a beautiful kit. Think about white belts. What? So old people, white shoes? No, I'm talking mid two thousands white like belts. Karate? Like, like you wear you wear a white belt with your jeans. Maybe mm-hmm. you drive like a big ostentatious car. 
maybe you well, hire I mean, someone Vino that was forever. on Phonak. This is the worst game forever? of charades I've ever Rock played. Rock Racing, you dorks. Oh, Come God. Wait. Rock Racing, white belts. Yeah. And then... That's pretty... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty accurate, Tim. And here's 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 the, the, the deep cut. is an old Festina kit. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, fair. And then... <laughs> The best one, most of this article just seems to be somebody that hates Tyler Hamilton because Tinkoff, <laughs> Tinkoff is on here. So you've got <laughs> one the season yellow of Tinkoff? Yeah. yeah. Uh. So you've got three, three things that are on here just because of Tyler Hamilton, two that are on here <laughs> because of Vino, yeah. and, then one, and then one that's just because of Ronk. And and the whole one one affair. because yeah it's the biggest doping story now it's yeah so, story. but yeah. the rest of it is all and the picture is Tyler Hamilton in his phone at kit looking, looking all right good. you mentioned the T-Mobile kit little guy mm-hmm. uh, probably one of the most underrated best kits out there yeah nice and simple um, mm-hmm. the I like color it. I mean I, it was amazing but. What was brought up that uh, um, I was at a uh, get-together at Bikes, Beans, and Bordeaux here in Orlando, a great uh, cafe that does bike theme, mm-hmm. and they were talking about the T-Mobile kit and about how the shorts had the stripes that continued on to the back of the um, – like, so it's the Adidas kit, yeah. but the shorts had the, the three stripes that then linked up with the, uh, the top. Yep. That was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. It, yeah. Oh, that, that's such like a beautiful it. kit. I'm looking at it now. And the women's kit was fantastic with the uh, the flames. Yeah, good... the women's T-Mobile kit. A very uh, early 2000s look to it. That was stunning at the time. It was so good. Don't flames. know that it would fly nowadays, but at the time, it was the peak of hypeness and was definitely one of the raddest kits, men's or women's, out there. I, bought, then, uh... one. I bought one and I wore it. Yeah, it was. That yeah, that good. was that was a good looking kit. So, um, and right before we uh, uh, take off for the uh, week, gentlemen, is there anything else you want to ask? Because there is one sense of questions that we talk about every now and then that is non cycling related. But Ben Barry, a uh, Twitter uh, uh, follower and listener of the podcast, says, "Hey, any podcast recommendations out there?" So, besides the slow, uh, the, the wide angle podium network. Crosshairs, do you guys have anything else for some of our listeners to uh, listen to when they're not enjoying the sweet sounds of the slow ride? I've been listening to a lot of Judge John Hodgman lately. Judge John Hodgman, all right. That's a good one. It's pretty good. You got any, uh, Spencer? Uh, I just listened to an episode of uh, Lore the other day, which is like a, a New England-based uh, yeah, kind of I've podcast about weird, weird stories and fairy tales and fables, and it kind I... of explores them. I'm gonna, crazy. I'm gonna agree with you that that one is good, but what I don't like is the guy's voice is like the memory. You listen to the Memory Palace. Either no. of you listen to the Memory Palace. He talks just like the guy from the Memory Palace, which I also really like the Memory Palace. But something about the guy's voice, yeah, like it's it not the voice, but it's some of them about the delivery. I I agree. Laura's I don't really have that good. problem. I Memory think it's Palace really good, good, and it's short enough that I don't get too bored because it is. Yeah. you know, it's like history. I don't want to hear that. But, uh, I listened to some of those on the way out to see you in Vermont. My, uh, and my favorite, highly recommend, is the new Malcolm Gladwell podcast, Revisionist History. Fantastic. It's only at about uh, 40 minutes at the max, and Malcolm Gladwell's got a great uh, voice. I just think it's a fantastically produced uh, podcast. It always just came out top 10 on the uh, iTunes charts consistently. And with that, gentlemen, it is oh. the end of an... Wait, oh, wait. Everybody, everybody should also probably check out Fat Bike Radio. Oh yeah, that shit's good. <laughs> I see I them. Heard... I see them moving up the charts. I haven't yeah. listened yet, but it's got to be good. They, oh, yeah. You know, I heard they had George Hincapi on about a week ago. Oh shit! Oh, nice. That would be a good one to start. Well, with. you know, I was. Um, well, thanks for listening to the Slow Ride yeah, Podcast. Thanks. And rate us, review us, retweet us, do whatever you can to let people know about the Slow Ride Podcast. Support the Wide Angle Podium Network. Become a member if you can. It's like NPR, but for bike podcasts. We have a brand new podcast on the network that you'll definitely be checking out. Little Guy is in works of creating another podcast for the network. There's lots of uh, there's lots of great things uh, coming this way on the Wide Angle Podium Network. It's, it's Our biggest advice that we have for any of you is that even if you see George Hincapie on the side of the road riding a bicycle, make sure you wave. Always wave at your fellow cyclists, even if it's the two-handed wave. It's a very important thing. It's nice to say hi when you're out there on the road. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for his intro and outro music, a classic that is now known worldwide. Radio Do Cannibal is the album. 
And above all else. I think you already did that part. You already talked about the waving yeah, part. Usually right, I know well, that, but you already did it. Alright, well. Thanks. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. You can tell me uh, okay. your favorite, uh, what, what should I get when I go to Sluggo's? Oh, God. I always get the panhandle plate. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. I'm Stephen Hyde, and I love the panhandle plate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, root beer.